0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The Real Debaters. I'm Michael Petro, your host, and one of the debaters on the show. This week, we are two gentlemen down. Uh, Jimmy and Chris were off in Thunder Bay. They had a couple nights of stand-up out there. So it was just me and Mark on this uh, really shitty, snowy weekend. So we decided to pick on one of our old friends. His name is Rob Stracken, and Rob has got about 15 to 18 years of sales and consulting history in the audio video industry, specifically in home theater setup. So we thought, hey, listen, you know, you can always go to the movie theater. That's the place that all movies were designed to and always be watched in, right? At least once. But how do you bring the home theater setup in, into your home, right? What are some of the questions you need to ask yourself? What, what kind of TV should you be looking at? What kind of sound system should you be investing in? What's the room setup? Is there furniture? Is there no furniture? I don't know who'd be watching a movie without furniture, but hey, that's not for me to judge. Anyways, the next hour and a half is Rob bringing his dump truck full of knowledge for all of you to listen to. But if you're thinking about doing it and you, you, you want to remodel the basement rec room and you want to make it, you know, the best home movie theater possible, this is the podcast to listen to. Uh, so if you are interested in contacting him after the show, you can email us at therealdebaters at gmail.com. That's R-E-E-L for uh, real. Uh, so yeah, I got nothing else for you. Oh yeah. If you're, if you like the show, uh, we've got some really great sponsor opportunities right now. So hit us up at the real debaters at gmail.com. That's R E L debaters at gmail.com. We can talk to you all about it. Uh, if you're from Manitoba and eh, like, we love local, we're a local. So if you, uh, if you like the show and you want to take a chance on us or we would love to talk to you. So without further ado, I'll cue the reel and you enjoy the show. we kind con- the, the, how this whole episode really started its inception was I was asking Rob about what good sound, what, 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 what a good sound bar would be for our living room basically. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I don't speak this language. And I realized after about five minutes in the, I, I speak geek, but I speak a different language. I don't speak what t- to make good sound. <laughs> Like here. <laughs> I, I speak enough geek, but I, I never got into the tech aspect of how to watch a movie. I just, I'm always enamored by the movie itself, right? So mm-hmm. a lot of the aspects of how to make a good home theater have always fallen to the side. As you mm-hmm. can see in, in the living room here, it's just a basic flat screen, cheap TV from, I think we got it from. Best Buy. Best Buy or Walmart or, or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but after talking to you for five minutes about that conversation, I realized you should be on this show. Mm-hmm. Because it's now 2020 and there are a fuck ton of ways to enjoy movies at home that people might not be exposed to. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to get your brain and your words on this show and, and basically let everybody know, hey, listen, if you're not a movie theater goer. But you still want to enjoy entertainment? How can you set up that atmosphere? At home? You should be a movie theater. goer. You though. should be. Yes, you need but, to go yeah. at
1: least once a quarter. Oh, minimum. totally. I, and there Every, are
0: movies that you can't watch at. Like everybody's like, "Oh, I'll just watch it at home," but it's like you're losing so much. Absolutely. By shrinking the screen, because there was a purpose for it to be seen in a movie theater. So I, I figured let's let's start with the easy question: How. From from your experience, which is what, 15, 18 years, you've kind of bounced around in the industry, so to speak?
1: Yeah, I'd say, you know, between, f- you know, yeah, off and on for about the last 18 years, I've been, uh, you know, selling and hooking up and just been involved in the AV or the electronics industry. Uh, so, you know, essentially since I was 22 years old, well, whoops, i gave my age out there. That's okay. That's okay. Nobody will uh, see your face. No. You didn't
2: do AV club in high school? <laughs> uh, my you school, should have. My, my school didn't
1: have an AV club. Oh, okay. but, you know, I was too busy in the, uh, you know, rolling the doobies fan club ah that's yeah different but club. watching movies while in partaking the, in that the club. dazed
2: and confused crowd. correct correct correct
1: <laughs> let's see let, let me let me put it this way i watched mars attacks a lot of times in the theater when i was 16. <laughs> not a great movie but you get where i'm coming from
0: so uh from your experience and your history with all this like how have you seen the industry change from I guess when it really started to get in, like when people were thinking about putting a home theater into now, like what is, give us some of that. Yeah.
1: So, I mean, when I f- first kind of started selling in the industry at an electronic store in the early two thousands, I mean the 27 inch tube TV was still the king of television. <laughs> and, I know, and, and I know, and I know I know you probably think to yourself like, that's not that long ago, but that was the most common size TV that people bought. HD had just come out. People didn't really understand it yet. They just knew that it was going to be a lot better um but you know if you wanted to get a really big television you either bought a giant tube tv so a 32 or 36 heck they even had 40 inch tubes that weighed 400 pounds and was like just a monster of a beast (laughs) um or you bought those big rear projection tvs they were called what were known as crt rear projections and they were on the wheels, and they were that big, massive box yes. that people had in their basements or the corner of their living room. And you were able to get up to about a seventy, about a sixty-five. And then there was a few times where they made sizes a little bit bigger. I think RCA in the late nineties had an eighty-inch that would have wow. weighed. It, it it basically had to be shipped in two pieces and put together. It was so. It was so gigantic there's, many, there's
2: many a basement from that era that has the wall built in for the cutout of the tv I <laughs> yeah. Think. yeah that and was we're so, trying to figure out what to do with it now well,
1: that's a person that's trying that was like going okay this is going to be the future I'm gonna make i'll the be here for 20 now, years now yeah. and we're gonna we're gonna put this and the back of the tvs actually goes into the laundry room which yeah. is behind like you know the wall in the rec room with like the wood paneling totally and then obviously at that time too there was uh projectors were still an option but projectors were still kind of in their early days they were hype hyper expensive, and uh, only like the super rich could really afford them in the in the early 2000s.
0: I remember my dad had an entertainment unit built very similar to yours, except it was in the living room and it was it was built in three pieces, but it had to be assembled in the house because he had one of those rear projection TVs, right? Yeah. And it was this like it, it, literally uh, people can't see it, but it was almost as wide as this wall we're, we're mm-hmm. looking at right now. And uh, when we moved, it was sold with the house because people would get these things. Mm-hmm and not think about the future and then go well it's easier
1: to buy a new one than it is to go through the hassle of taking this whole thing apart it's funny that you say that because i'll go to people's homes and you can tell the house is built in the late 90s or the early 2000s and you have that built-in like you know shelving unit and the and the hole was designed for a 32 or 36 inch tube tv and they've (laughs) that tv has subsequently died obviously and they had to replace it with a with a with a widescreen flat panel but because the aspect ratio changed from a four by three square to the rectangular widescreen sixteen by nine that we know today. Yes. You're you're forced to go a much smaller TV <laughs> that has and then you have this massive gap above it and it just it just looks silly, you know? And uh you know, we, we knew I, I knew that was going to happen at one point when I was selling and it just it, it just it makes me laugh. Right. Because we don't always think about the future. And no, I think totally. And even nowadays, when we know how rapidly the technology changes year to year and decade to decade, you know, interior designers and contractors and builders still don't have the forethought to think about these things. Because I think people just a they want to do everything on the cheap, yep. and b they they're not thinking past you know the next year or two, which I think with technology I think you need to be doing continually and thinking about where am I putting this now? Is this going to work with the future technology? Do you want to roll back though and kind of keep talking about the old stuff? Yeah, totally. I yeah. do. So yeah. I, yeah. I got a question <laughs> yeah. that was
2: kind of on it. Is it true they say that the the, the tube TV was actually the like a incredible picture like it's tough to
1: at, beat. at it at its tail end the you know sony had the sony xbr tube, the 34 inch xbr widescreen was probably arguably arguably one of at that time was the be- best tv that ever been made when, and when was that around like that would have been 2004 ish when it really kind of hit its pinnacle maybe what 2003 you, um 39.99 29.99 somewhere okay. in that range all right you know and I mean that's that's probably about fifteen years ago. So yeah. you translate into that in today's money, maybe I mean add another thousand dollars to that, wow. and we'll talk about that in a bit. Like how much yeah. more yeah. TV you get for the money, yeah. and then after then then the flat panels kind of started to come out. Which but is around when? Two thousand four ish. Okay. Two thousand three ish. They were incredibly expensive. I mean, I remember the first fifty inch Pioneer plasma, only seven twenty p, thirty thousand dollars. Whoa. You know, and at that time I worked at Future Shop, and it was they, it was on the end cap, and we didn't sell one until it went to twenty thousand dollars because they did like a ten thousand dollar price drop, and it yeah. was nineteen thousand nine nine nine. It's all that mental and, sales. And, and, and then shit. there was like people were like, "Whoa, I gotta buy one now! It's ten G's off, right?" <laughs> and you know, I mean, great technology at the time, but just didn't have that refinement that we would see in flat panels today. And then. What what kind of came out after that for a little bit? Because the really, really big size flat panels didn't exist. The biggest was really a 50 at that point. And people obviously won't, still wanted 55s and 60s and, and 65s. And those weren't like...
0: Technically flat, like we have today, right? Yeah, they, they were, were just st- a flat were, screen. They
1: were a flat screen. They were still fairly flat, but they maybe were, you know, f- four to six inches deep. Okay. Right? Which compared to a tube TV is is incredibly flat. It still had <laughs> the. Ca-
2: joke in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> totally.
1: Totally. <laughs> It'll be a way homer. We'll, yeah. we'll figure it out yeah. later. <laughs> Um, but you could still wall mount something like that on the television. Okay. Whereas, you know, mounting a, t- a tube TV on the wall, you can do it, but it's you know it's super heavy. How you thick it.
0: are your studs and like how many holes? Oh and yeah, like the and setup. For and that. well,
1: the other thing is too is imagine trying to haul up a thirty-six inch tube to actually put it onto like the yeah. the bracket and the base to like mount it. Um, It's, it's you used it's, to see those ones hanging you need from a scissor like lift, the rafters <laughs> sometimes, right? That had like the big support in the
2: ceiling, and they yes. would just yep. hang down yeah. with the.
0: Like concrete screws, and yeah. there'd be like 10 of them around a circle just totally. holding this yeah.
1: thing. Oh, yeah. And totally. always
2: in the corner because it takes up so much room that you yeah. couldn't possibly put it in the middle of your There's room.
1: There's some insurance act- <laughs> actuary guy who's like, sees those when he goes out to the bar and he <laughs> just recalcul- sweats. And he's like, he's like, Oh, I gotta, we gotta recalculate the insurance premium for this bar. <laughs> so no, yeah. stand, have a TV no standing under, under TV. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Totally.
0: <laughs> I, and like, you'd always see, like, whenever people would move, they would be like two to three people. Carrying a tube TV,
1: like oh it, yeah, it, to be a delivery guy so back funny. then sucked. Like, you, like that's a that was a terrible job in two thousand two.
2: I threw out my back lifting one of the the, the whatever with the cabinet ones, like the the back oh, yeah, 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 yeah. rear projection ones. I threw my back. Oh for sure, rear projection. And yeah, you couldn't totally. lay them down. Yeah, so you had to have a vehicle that you could stand it up in. Oh and, yeah, totally. Oh, you know, it's what a nightmare.
0: A, I always think of like there's that picture of the first computer and they're loading it on the side of a like a seven thirty seven. And it's this giant computer, right? It was like one of the, like, and everything, whenever it's made is always made big. And then they slowly scale it back. But Absolutely. what was so heavy in the tube TV? I, it was I, the I, tube.
1: It was it, the tube itself. Right? Okay. So it's a cathode ray tube is what it's referred to, but you've got magnets on the side and then you've got lead plating around that to basically not have that magnet, mag- magnets like interfere with other things. Sure. And the tube itself is in, is vacuum sealed so it has to be incredibly thick to actually hold the vacuum or it's not it's not okay. structurally strong enough so you know for instance you know nasa has a giant vacuum thing that they built in the 60s i think it's like in cleveland ohio or something and the walls are like are like Three meters thick, so they can actually create a vacuum I've in that this. space. Yeah. Wow! Yeah. Well, there was just a video I saw on YouTube where they actually dropped a feather and that's a ball at, <laughs> <laughs> at the same time. They actually hit at the same time, and everyone's was like, "Oh my god, it's so <laughs> crazy!" But I mean, that's the that's really where that height that weight comes from is. It's just how thick that glass has to be to be able to contain the vacuum within it.
0: Wow yeah so when when did we start to see a shift from the tube tv to this new technology so that we have when here?
1: the flat panel first came out it was hyper expensive it was smaller sizes so you know there was the plasma and the lcd and you know they both did okay and at first there was the 42 inch and it wasn't even hd it was 480p right <laughs> So it was like that faux HD, right? And, (laughs) you know, and we had Dynex and all these weird Chinese brands suddenly come on the scene with like, you know, a plasma, a 42 inch plasma for $4,000 or $3,000. And people were like, oh my God. And people were buying them. And in my head, I'm thinking to myself, this thing looks terrible, but it was the cool factor and people just everything about it. And a lot of them broke down right away and those kind of things. But at the same time that technology was coming out, something called micro display came out. Okay. And there was there was three different technologies. There was DLP rear projection. Yeah. There was LCD rear projection, and then there was something called liquid crystal and silicone that came out.
0: Rear projection is defined as it's coming from the back. That correct. Going so forward. you're
1: you're still you're still having like a light source or a light engine, or that's going to produce the picture. It's going to reflect it off a mirror and then project it up onto the larger screen. But internally, okay. as opposed to a projector that actually has that lens assembly and the the unit behind it that creates the image that then throws it against the screen. Okay. Right? Yeah. So this was kind of like the interim technology until the flat panel prices kind of got a little bit lower. So this is kind of like o three o four to about o seven o eight. Um, They were, there was a decent technology. It was able to get people into these really bigger sizes without having to spend tens of thousands of dollars on flat panels. Okay. But a lot of them broke down all the time. You had to replace the bulb in them. So, you know, and and at the end of the day, people don't like user, don't, like, there's a reason everyone hates printers is because I got to buy more toner, right? Well, I don't want to have to replace a bulb in it. And, you know, that's, projectors are great, but that's one of their downsides. We can chat about that a little bit more later. But, you know, but then all of a sudden, like, I think it was like, it was the Christmas of 06. And it was like. It was, see it, smile on your it was face. like it was like the flat panels finally got to a big enough size and hit a low enough price point that there was just like, I remember that boxing day, it was just a bum rush. And the store I think I worked at, they, we did like, the store did like $1.3 million Holy that day. shit. And my home theater department, because I think I was a sales manager at the time, did like $700,000, of which we I think we sold $650,000 worth of TVs. Holy and this is in Winnipeg. That's ridiculous. You know, and... And You know, it's weird that you
2: say that because that's right around the year where I bought my first, like, big TV.
1: And I bet you there's a lot of people and a lot of listeners that actually have an LG or a Sony or a Samsung from that time period. And that was the big thing, too. That was the year where... LG and Samsung really came gangbusters on the on the scene, okay. and that was the first year that Samsung became the number one TV manufacturer on the planet. Okay, and, they, and
2: mine is a forty two inch Samsung. Yeah, the, right you know, or and
1: you know, and you know, you know, and it was just it was like it was that big moment I think where the Korean brands really kind of sh- it shifted from the Japanese brands to the Korean brands. And, you know, and and then they just helped drive that price point down, that early adoption and those kind of things. And then 720p turned into the full HD 1080p. Yep. And then a few years later, like around 2013, then we saw 4K come out, you know. And then two years after that, then we saw HDR come out. I've always, like just a little
0: anecdote here, I've always been... I'll, I'll get to it when I need it, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I I love technology. I love gadgets. I've got a fuck ton in this apartment. But
1: you don't like spending money?
0: That's number one. <laughs> but number two, it's also... That's fair. Uh, you know, it's 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 a little bit of um, hu- human responsibility to be like, I'm going to ride this until it's dead as opposed to just upgrading because the sure. newest thing there, right? So if it still works for me, it's great. I had a tube TV forever from like mm-hmm. the second or third move out. And I had an Xbox and the Xbox, like the Xbox 360, Mm -hmm. still had the audio-video cables. Yeah. That Xbox um, and that TV both died. So I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to go out and get a new Xbox. And because I'm so behind the times, Mm -hmm. I went to go take that HDMI cable from the back of my Xbox One to plug it into my tube TV. Yeah, And that's when I realized, oh, there's been a shift, right? Like, that's when I was like, okay, now I'm going to have to go and get this newer set of technology. You're like
1: You're like the old Little old lady That comes in to buy a TV 100% buddy And is And <laughs> know this You know It's like Is my VCR Going to hook up <laughs> To this new television and you're like We can make that work But, <laughs> but We're it's... gonna have to sell you All these peripherals <laughs> To make that happen my stories <laughs>
0: <laughs> No I, t- I totally am So I just Yeah but you, like, Just to match your point there Where it's like All these Young all and these the Restless things... Must be
1: watched Yeah <laughs>
0: Um, all of these things just
1: started to happen at a certain point,
0: which is what you're saying around 2013, all the, the major changes
1: of, well, I'd say quality. Well, 2007 is when that flat panel kind of came out. And then each year we subsequently saw improvements and refinements to the flat panel technology. The TVs got better, the resolution, the brightness improved. You know, and, you know, then there, in at that time, there's that big battle LCD plasma, LCD plasma, what was better, right? And I mean, plasma, obviously, the big advantage was it was a little bit better for fast motion. It had better black levels, but the downside with it was it was a little bit heavier to use a little bit more electricity. So plasma caught on in North America, but the rest of the world where, you know, electricity can be four to six times more expensive than, you know, our our privileged asses here in, in Canada. We're blessed. You know, you know, the choice is, well, I can buy a plasma, or I could buy an LCD and run my air conditioner. Well, I think I'll go with the LCD and run my air conditioner. Yeah. So, you know, I think ultimately LCD won out, not because of environmental factors and those things. It was ultimately because they, it was cost prohibitive to build a 4K plasma television. And with that move to that higher resolution, that basically cemented... You know, LCD is, or essentially, also what known is known as an LED TV. Yeah. Just so you guys know, LED TVs are LCD TVs. They just have a different backlight system. They use LED lights to illuminate it, as opposed to the original LCDs used uh, compact uh, fluorescent lights okay. to do that oh, so that's okay. why you don't have to replace them anymore well the cfls were designed to last 20 years right so you know the, the tv would typically you'd, you'd you'd move on to a new tv before that typically needed to be replaced the main reason we want to get away from cfls was leds are even more efficient leds are ultimately cheaper to manufacture in the long run but the most important thing is they don't um they don't have mercury in them right and you know that being arguably the most toxic thing in the world that isn't radioactive you know we want to try to get that out as many consumer products as possible Okay. Yes. And that's why, like in the light bulb industry, you know, CFLs have basically been completely phased out as well, and LED is king ultimately.
0: Yes, I've noticed that when I go to buy a new light bulb, it's this, it's it's a it's a just everything's a better, more environmentally
1: friendly bulb. So I guess yeah, but for you, you're always just buying those Edison bulbs. Right? Yeah, you know, just to, you know, to have that consistent hipster glow in your in your abode,
2: that warm brown
0: light. <laughs> yeah. That light actually, in it's, the middle it's there. only because so, it's it's ultimately yeah. it's because you're anti-Tesla. So oh, you know, yeah. yeah. So and then from
1: 2013 to to now, like what what's been the big? I mean, I mean the the big technology that kind of came out in 2013 was uh but
2: stop me here yeah. at this time there were some deals to be had on plasma tvs uh well plasma kind of the <laughs> last the last year you could buy
1: plasma was t- really 2013 and and i think there was a bum rush where a lot of people were running out and going oh man i got to get a plasma kind of thing and then there was a lot of people that were pretty sad about that but in 2013 oled came out which is organic liquid uh, uh light emitting diodes and uh totally different technology um you know, big advantage of it is that it has an inky black that's even better than the CRT or the tube televisions. So it was even a better black level than what a plasma could achieve. Uh, downside with OLED is that burn in can be a little bit more of a prevalent issue and things like is that. Is that where
0: the image burns into the screen?
1: Correctly. It's it, essentially image retention is what it is, right? Okay. So if I've got a static image somewhere, I get uh, uneven um, aging of the phosphors, okay. right? And that would be with a plasma or a tube television. With the OLED, you still get unage, uneven aging, but it's with the actual OLED itself, right? So it doesn't happen all the time, but it can. Especially if you're a gamer, especially if you like to watch the Weather Channel or sports tickers, or say you're a stock trader and you're watching, you know, business BNN all the time with that that the boop, boop, boop at the bottom, OLED's yeah. probably not the best option for you. Um, the other thing with OLED is it's 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 unbelievable black levels, great color reproduction but it's not quite as bright as some of the newer LED TVs and the QLED TVs. We can talk about that in a the second. Nit, the nits are a little down The nits are a little bit down, and we can talk about what a nit is as well. What's, what's a nit? What's um, <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just pause. But the okay. other downside with OLED is, is it looks fantastic in a dark room, but as soon as I get it into a brighter room, maybe with a lot of windows, um, you know, reflection really becomes an issue and glare and things like that. And I think a lot of people, they go, oh, well, I I, I need to check off all these specifications. But, you know, the environment in which you're going to watch the television can be just as important, you know, as the television itself. I was just thinking that, as you were saying, like all these parameters to be like, okay, to
0: put a TV in this room, we just can't focus on where do we want to sit? Yeah. 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 That's that. that, And people don't think that. Right. Like, You it boggles my mind that there's this much that goes into it. I know you
2: steered me towards one of the last plasmas that a particular place was yeah, selling. absolutely. But it was after the... I was going in my basement that only had one small window that wasn't directly absolutely. in line with the TV. Absolutely. And you said, like all the things you're saying, great high speed for sports, mm-hmm. you know, great colors, but... If there's light in the room you're gonna the get the reflection, you're gonna get bad, some yeah.
1: glare and things. And that yeah. was that was the downside with plasma as well. Now with the LEDs and then ultimately the evolution of the QLED, which is the quantum dot LEDs. And quantum dots basically essentially give you even better color reproduction than any other T V has been able Ant-Man to do. Was going. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In the quantum yeah, yeah. realm. Quantum realm. Got yeah. it. That's, only, where, that's where the TVs are made. Oh, oh, only QLED yes. TVs. Yeah. Well, it's actually cheaper to make them there because it, you're particles. able to make them very small and then enlarge them afterwards.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Pim yeah. particles are the new mercury. <laughs> yeah. 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 Totally. And uh, see, so so, yeah, we know we get a movie reference. I know. Here no, it's yeah. only a matter of fucking time. Uh, so
1: that's is that where we're we're at now? Yeah. So right now, I mean the the two p- you know predominant technologies when we look at you know what's kind of the top of the top is would be your very high end QLEDs and your really really high end OLEDs okay. right or your OLEDs and, you know, the advantage of the QLED is that it's, you know, it has unbelievable color reproduction. It has no burn-in issues. It's it's a brighter, naturally a brighter display, both on your average um, HDR brightness output as well as your peak brightness. So your knit level's a little bit higher. We can chat about that in detail in a little bit more. Um, you know, glare really doesn't become an issue, especially in the higher-end ones, because they've basically perfected the, you know, the way the light refracts and reflects off of it. And, uh, you know, with some of the newer technology, notably some of the Samsung uh, higher-end TVs, they've actually been able to fix the wide-angle limitation of what LCD has had for 20 years, and actually fix that, so now your off-axis viewing has been fixed. Now, the advantage of the OLED is, again, inky blacks that are unsurpassed, color reproduction that is phenomenal, but the downside is, is in that really bright room, you might get glare and reflection and those kind of things. And burning can still be an issue from time to time. Was
2: that the early LCDs that like if I was sitting at the, a sharper than 45 degree angle? It would wash out. Yeah, okay. absolutely.
1: And I mean, most of them you can view at 178 degrees, but still, once you kind of get past 45 degrees, you still get some wash out of both your contrast and your color reproduction with some of the newer high end QLEDs. When you go in even more extreme than 45, you can't even tell right? There is no washout whatsoever. And, you know, chalk that up to, you know, engineers that have just been working on this stuff year after year after year. It's probably a little reverse engineering from uh, Roswell still, but, you know, (laughs) um, you know, those kind of things.
2: So am I right to assume that we're kind of at a point where the technology for the picture reproduction has surpassed a lot of the source material?
1: Yes. And I mean, this year, or last year, obviously, the big introduction was 8K, right? And I know a lot of people say, oh, well, regular cable's not even at 4K yet, and there's no 4K, so why would I even bother with 8K? And that's my, that's my annoying person voice. So okay, yeah, yeah no. just so you guys understand. We've heard yeah. your old yeah. lady. And yeah. it yeah. like no annoying, wo- they they almost sound no exactly like like the same. Wilson it's Wilson over right? there yeah. actually. Yeah, yeah totally. Hansel. E- 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 <laughs> so yeah. Right so, I mean, I- I'll agree that content doesn't exist right now, but you know, when the 4K TVs first came out, that was, that was one of the big things, right? As people said, well, you know, everything, you know, movies are 1080p, video games are 1080p, regular cable broadcast in HD is 720p. And the so the TV would basically take that lower resolution and it would upscale it to the native resolution of the panel, which would be the 4K. Yeah. Interesting. And so, you know, over the last few years, that's been one of the main focuses of manufacturers is to improve that upscaling capability. Right? Okay. So when you say that, you're saying the 8K, even though the cables aren't out there? that tv's capability it doesn't the, the it, it, it's it's not even an issue of cables like cables we're well, talking like source material we're talking about like, source material right like a so, cable
2: box or uh, oh, your, your video game system or, or, okay, even, or so the of, okay or even launch streaming service okay okay yeah, i get it yeah, yeah right. or
1: even with netflix like i mean only only about a third of the content that's on netflix is even in 4k right so you know most of the content there is only 720p or 1080p right and it it, it that movie may have been originally filmed in 4K, but Netflix isn't willing to pay for the licensing to actually oh. pay, actually display it in 4K because obviously it's going to cost you a little bit more. Yes. Um, and so, you know, because pretty much almost every movie and TV show since about 2010, 2011, the majority of them had been filmed in 4K. Right, so there's a lot of this content is sitting out there in a vault somewhere in 4K or on a computer hard drive. It just hasn't been necessarily released in this higher resolution. What's
2: the Disney? Just while we're on the topic of streaming, does anybody know? Does Disney offer Disney Plus offer 4K? Yeah,
1: there is 4K content. So it's not again, not every single title. Like if I want to watch the black hole from circa 1983 with those badass cool droids that go around, that was kind of like let's let's hijack how awesome Star Wars was. (laughs) Kind of like kind of cool but kind of weird. Weird yeah. movie kind of thing um, you know that that obviously will have the limitation it might well, they could probably transfer the 35 millimeter to 4k it's just whether or not the return on investment is there to basically do that sure. right and we've seen especially with you know ultra h or ultra blu-ray discs that have come out in the last few years mm-hmm. even though Blu-ray is kind of going to the way of the dodo is you know a lot of those movies um, that were originally not made in a digital format, right? I'll, I'll use the matrix as an example. It came out in 97 or 99 sorry, so it was filmed in 98. Um, I don't believe that was filmed with digital cameras. I believe that was on film. It would have been filmed in 35 mil, but 35 millimeter directly translates over to a 4k resolution right which is why they've been able to do these correct changeovers and and get them into a better quality and that's a cool thing about 70 millimeters so if you have a movie that was filmed in 70 millimeter um lawrence of arabia is probably like the prime example of an epic 70 millimeter film where you know the the resolution's insane and Mm -hmm. you've got crazy letterboxing and stuff Uh but that resolution from 70 mil will typically directly translate over almost to a pure 8k resolution as well really yeah which is which is kind of cool but the processing capability in these tvs now with, you know, the amazing computer chips and most importantly, the upscaling capability. So in the past, it was basically rooms of nerds and actuaries sitting, developing these formulas and algorithms for these, for this computer chip to take a lower quality picture, say a 720 image and upscale it to a 4k. So say, say they had a reference of, you know, some animal hair or a tiger's face or, you know, um, you know, a a a whale's uh, fin or whatever it is, or it's, you know, it's the the wing of an X-wing, right, from Star Wars. They would basically, you know, program into the computer what that relationship was to take it from 720p to 4K, right, or to 1080p. The problem is, is humans aren't good with that kind of stuff. You know who is good with that kind of stuff? Artificial intelligence. So the next generation, you know, and and we're seeing this introduced from LG this year. Samsung introduced it last year. Is um, we're seeing AI, machine learning, um, upscaling built into these computer chips, uh-huh. and what we're what what's happening is you know um, you know like a company like Samsung is they're feeding millions and millions and millions of images in 720p, 1080p, 4K, and 8K into a massive massive mainframes, and they have seven different AI um, database centers around the world: two in Canada, two in the U.S., a couple in Europe, and they've got one in Seoul, Korea, and these things are just. Crunching tons of data continuously and building algorithms and formulas on how to take that lower quality picture and upscale it all the way to an 8K image. It's turning into a thinking machine. It, it's, it's essentially what it is, right? And you know, then they then they they put these algorithms and formulas into the chipset that has unsurpro- like insane power and capabilities of running not only all the functions in the tv but most importantly that upscaling so if i'm watching if i have a 4k tv or an 8k tv and i'm watching 720p it's still going to upscale it so well that it's going to look phenomenal so to answer your question is there 8k not really a lot yet you know we're this year we're going to see some more you know the new xbox and then and the ps5 will be 8k capable and the games are already being created in 8K right now by wow. the developers. But,
2: I mean, going back to your earlier point, mm-hmm. it's like building that square hole in your your basement setup. Like, that's what's now, but mm-hmm. you want to be future-proof a little bit, right? Well,
1: and that's the thing. And that's and that's the biggest thing about 8K is, you know, 8K isn't for the average consumer. It's for the early adopter that has lots of cash and just wants the latest and greatest. Or it's for that guy, guy or girl that... Just wants to brag and go, yo! Check this out. <laughs> I spent twenty five Gs on my TV. We don't get a lot of those people in Winnipeg because people like to brag about how much they save here, right? But you yeah, know, no, it's a lot of other places in the country, people like to brag about how much they spent, and 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 you know, it's. I kind of lost my train of thought there. That's okay. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, and it's, it's, it's coming. Right? It's, it's coming. Right. Yeah. So we, you can't stop it. It's coming. You know, you might complain about it and say, ah, I just, I can't stand all this stuff. But the thing is, is the latest and greatest is what pushes technology. It's the, for the betterment of society, you know, is, are everyone, is everyone just going to throw their 4k TV out? No, I mean only 35% of households in North America or in Canada, the United States have a 4k TV right now. Yeah. So we're still, still good. Gonna, yeah. We're still going to get people up to that point you know and you know we're so gonna an 8k will kind of be the pinnacle and then you'll have 4k and the thing is is people will cycle those TVs through right it just yeah. it happens over time right and it's the TV stops working or it's just not big enough or they want Netflix built into it as opposed to having a third-party device like a Blu-ray player or a Chromecast or an Apple TV. I want it all integrated together. Or it gets to the point where the version of Netflix that's on my old smart TV is no longer supported by Netflix. And this just happened with a slew of TVs from 2010, 2011, and 2012, oh. right? Like which were the first generation smart TVs, Netflix basically said we're not supporting these anymore. We can't update the software, and we're not going to support a lower version on our network because it's too expensive. And it yeah, and it basically it 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 reduces I think the overall experience that a Netflix ex- uh, user expects, right? Definitely. And yeah. you know it's it's no different. I mean, if I have an iPhone two, I can't use it. it yeah. I can't put the newest version of iOS on it. You know, Windows, uh, like Microsoft is stopping Microsoft, or uh, Windows 7 support, I think. Everybody's going to have to do next month. month yeah. This month, yeah. right? Yeah. And it's not that Windows 7 won't work. They're just not going to do security patch updates yeah. and those kind of things. Because at some point, you just have to go, we need everyone to move to a better standard to, to, to simplify and kind of, you know. Because you're eventually going to say, totally. when's it going to get better? Yeah. Well, this totally. is how we're doing it. We're and totally totally we saw sure this
2: to. happen. I know my family with the second gen, third gen iPads. Um, kids love their YouTube videos while YouTube as an app isn't supported on those old gen yeah, it's iP- at some, at, iPads anymore. Yeah. You can't even
1: upgrade can, to a yeah. new app. So they're useless. Yeah. Google just says that we just, we, we can't support this many old versions yeah. of the software because it just, it affects the integrity of the entire network. And when you're dealing with the billions and billions of views on these devices and things the like thousands that, thousands and thousands who have you know it, it's if, like, if yeah. you, if you have 50 different versions of the software At some point, you have to say, okay, we're only going to support the top 30 versions now, right? Like, I don't know much about the
2: audiovisual stuff per se, Mm -hmm. but I know digital data Mm -hmm. and the size
1: of Mm -hmm. like 4K and 8K files, digital files. are that's Well, the compression is getting amazing. And that's one thing with 8K this year is that we're seeing um, standards finally have developed. There's an 8K association. There's standardized codecs. Um, YouTube oh. is going to have some AK content that will be compatible as well. And you have to remember too, I mean, 8K a lot of people are like, well, there's no content and you know, and then a lot of people are like, well, HDMI 2.1 isn't even out yet. And the main thing is, is AK is all going to be streaming, right? It's, it's not going to be physical media. There is right? no physical media really. No, store like it Blu-ray Blu-ray is done. I hate to say it and that it saddens me, no, no, it, it, but uh,
0: there's a lot of reasons why it should stick you know? around because you can put so much on a Blu-ray you can for a movie
1: lover who's who, who likes the behind the scenes stuff and totally all that. i'm not gonna disagree but i mean samsung who's one of the companies that helped develop and invent blu-ray player stopped making blu-ray players last year yeah no it's, it's so if the single the largest, largest electronics company in the planet is basically kind of turned their you know i mean i mean score for panasonic and lg and sony are still making the players right and there's still going to be people that continue to make them i mean heck i can still go buy a tape deck right you know, I have one so when are they going to be
2: selling a basically a movie that's on its own like flash media that you can buy a physical like, like a you're basically jump drive. like almost like you're an, basically like buying a, a USB drive yeah, with a like movie an, like on an, it. or an SSD yeah, kind of yeah. thing, right? Right. I, I think that's the only way to store that sort of data. I in don't. The I
1: don't think the cost per USB stick has gotten low enough. Or I think the problem is too is I don't think you can buy a USB stick under 16 gigs anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah so they, it's almost whole, like they stop. Yeah, they, it's almost like they stop making them, right? And then d- is 16 gigs almost you know at some point you're that's like not enough. It's either. not. A, you need 50 gigs to do an ultra HD movie on a yeah. disk. Like
2: I noticed the other wow, day, like huge. a 4K file that was running at like 30 something gigs. And that's a huge. Well, 8K file. 8K
1: runs at 48 gigabits a second. Like that's a, a kind of credible, like, yeah. Like you need huge you, you, amount of gotta, storage space You've got to have unbelievable HDMI cables to handle that. And I think really the only thing that's going to be 8K that's going to be an external device that'll hook up to the 8K TVs is going to be the new Xbox and it's going to be the PS5. Which will sell I'm those not using new the, products, the products, new Xbox yeah. name because I think it's stupid. What is it again? It's like X- Xbox X Series or something. Xbox like, X11 one, one or yeah, yeah it's, like XX11111. It's like it's like the name of like you know Droid Bounty Hunter or something. And I'm just like I'm like <laughs> <Yeah>. Like does C3PO and R2D2 come with the fucking thing? well they probably won't because you know Disney won't provide that licensing that Microsoft's willing to pay for so let's let's move on <laughs> yeah to I was just gonna say there's uh,
0: now that we have a the right bit TV of a, for you yeah exactly like what's what essentially I, I I love there's a Reddit feed called starter package right and it's mm. just the starter package for every industry every person every idea like the five or six things you'd need so what's in a home theater starter package like, what would be if well, I it, treat me like a like I don't first know what you're talking
1: about? W- first would be the television. Okay. <laughs>
2: <laughs> let's use this room as an example. Yeah. For,
1: perfect. Yeah. We'll take yeah, you sure. were selling this home. Yeah, yeah. So let's 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 kind of describe the room to the you know, we won't describe all the little nuances. Please. Of the I love room. the tchotchkes. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> would you say this room is about like a
1: what? Like a um,
2: 10 by 16 it's, something like I that? I mean,
1: if we're, if we're just looking at the room without talking about the sunroom that's coming off it and the hallway, that's kind of a adjacent to the room. I mean, the room is probably... It's probably about eight to nine feet deep, maybe 10 feet total. Yep. Right? Yep, that That's be, wall yeah. to wall. Yeah. But keep in mind too, the TV's going to come off the wall a little bit. The couch comes out a little bit. So you're actually... You know where Mike's sitting right now in relation to the TV. It's probably about eight to eight to nine feet. Okay, okay? the width of the room. It's a little. It's obviously wider than it is deep. The way you've got it basically configured with the couch. So in this type of space with a 4K television, you could easily go with a 75 inch. 65 might be considered kind of the optimal size for this room. But you have to remember is as the resolutions have gotten higher, as you know, high dynamic uh, range or HDR has improved the overall you know, color reproduction and, and the picture quality as well, mm-hmm. it allows us to sit closer. And that's what a lot of people say is they say, well, why are we doing 8K? Like 4K already looks so awesome. It's, you can see and, the, the pot marks on some guys that, scars from well him, from his i mean acne from his youth like i mean that's definitely that's definitely something and maybe that's some people's fetish and that's why they're gonna buy a k <laughs> yeah i just came out on that but yeah on. yeah, yeah. see dr pimple popper <laughs> <in AK. laughs> someone's gonna buy a tv for that that's mark. gonna be oh, a new category yeah. on <laughs> porn by the <laughs> end of the day um hashtag <laughs> pop that pimple <laughs> Go on. 8K
2: pimp porn. (laughs) But the the biggest advantage
1: of 8K is it allows me to go to those ultra massive sizes that people are wanting to go to, 75, 85, but accommodated in a smaller space like you have here. Because you know apartment and condo living is becoming a much more prevalent way that you know people live, even and especially in Canada. I mean, if you look at the largest growth areas, Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal condos are a big part of it right and not everyone's living in this gigantic you don't have these big these massive homes yeah and you know people want to still have this massive screen but not be so close to it that i see defects in the picture well Mm. with 8k i can go with an 85 inch sit only six feet away and see no defects in the image right wow and And that
2: really feels like a movie theater then yeah it, it,
1: it, it does and 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 it also plays into the fact of well, Y8K, and it's because it's about maintaining the way the movie was intended to be seen, the way the director of photography, the DP—I I, I never like that term—or <laughs> uh, or the director intended to basically be right. Um, but let's 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 kind of go back a little bit. Um, yeah, because we—I have that coming up later. Yeah, yeah. About well, do, we're yeah. gonna—I I think you wanted to ask me about that in a little bit, but yeah. So with the room, so the television is the first thing, and obviously, you know, in this room. You you do have a couple of windows. What 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 direction do these face? Uh, we are facing um, so that southish, southish. Yeah, we're facing, yeah. It's like yeah, so, south- south-west, southwest a little south-west bit. A bit of, yeah. So that's another big thing is you got to remember is I mean, w- when do most people typically watch television? Right. Evening. They usually watch it in the in the late afternoon into the evening, right? And you know we live at a fairly high latitude, and and you know we're not living you know where we have 12 hours of darkness and 12 hours of light, we have very, very long summers. And I know everyone says, I don't watch TV in the summer, and I basically say, bullshit. Yeah, you do. (laughs) You (laughs) watch fucking TV in the summer, okay? You watch a little bit more in the winter, but the TV's still on in the summer, okay? You know, unless, (laughs) unless you live at the lake and all you do is boat, I mean, you trust me, you're watching television still. So the reality is, is, you know, into the early evening when some of those wicked shows are, or you're watching a lot of stuff, light still becomes a big factor. And because you're going to have more predominant light from the west and the south, right? You are going to have more ambient light in a space like this, right? Yes, so you that's need true. when you're choosing what's going to be that right technology for you, ambient glare or reflection is something to consider. Now, if you're putting that television in a you know a, in a hobbit hole like Mark, you know where reflections not a big deal, and maybe you've got a small window that you can easily black out or block out with some curtains and things like that. You know, going with the display where reflection you know, does have some effect on it. Doesn't matter in that situation, unless you've got massive potlights are going to shine right on it and things like that. You're, you're, you know, ambient lighting. Yeah. So, you know, the distance you're sitting also the, the configuration of your furniture, right? So if you've got some seating that you get to use on a regular basis, at a very extreme angle to the TV then again, you know, going with a higher end television, either an OLED or a higher end QLED with really great off axis viewing will make a big difference. Right. But I hate it when people would do this and would come in and be like, oh, well, this TV looks terrible from the side. And I'd be like, OK, listen, I mean, <laughs> are you sitting you know, so you're ev- so yeah. are you buying the TV for you who sits right dead in center in front of it or for that one guy that comes once a year to watch the Super Bowl at your house? Yeah. That's the fucking stupidest thing I've ever heard. You're, bu- you're buying, buying yeah. the TV for the prime seating positions it's like that's your bullshit excuse not to spend an extra $500 to buy the TV you really want right and I, I hate that kind of thing and that also leads to the fact that you know people don't spend enough money on TVs but we'll, we could talk about that no, you know what about. like it, honestly it, it, it had to do with my lack of knowledge and oh not... I'm not I'm not talking about you I'm not picking on you I'm just making a general comment I'm just used to it on the show yeah, 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 so. yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think it's <if, laughs> a trigger I think if you replace this
2: this with a TV that size down there Mike that'd be perfect yeah, you, can, you can definitely do it.
0: Um,
1: yeah, so that's the biggest thing. I would
0: thing. never leave the house, Mark. If yeah. my TV was as big as the map picture, I like this is like I, I already have a hard enough. That's a yeah, separate yeah. ball. The other monkeys. big question
1: about with with your television placement is going to be: Well, are you mounting it on the wall, or are you putting it on a piece of furniture? Okay. And there's a lot of people that still don't like to mount their TV on the wall. TVs are meant to be mounted on the wall. I'm I am a huge proponent of it. I think unless it's going into an awkward corner where. You know, the furniture makes more sense to kind of fill that space. I I I I I believe the T V was meant to be wall mounted, but again, you know, that's something that you can need to consider as well in choosing your television as well. Is there a factor in that that's in that? Or um it... I think the biggest thing would be I agree with is, you. I just... is on that wall, would the 75 be just too big, or does it fit between the two windows, or maybe you've got some shelving? So again, these are some things that you need to factor in when you're making that decision. It's
0: also like, I mean, it's it's the old IKEA adage of like you build up instead of building mm-hmm. in, right? You want to you want to maximize space, so the wall is perfect place for space. Absolutely. If we, if you drop a TV
1: onto the floor, you're, you're taking up maybe an area for people to congregate or well, what have you. Well, the other thing is too, is that we'll also bring the TV further forward, right? Which reduces that distance. So okay. maybe you want to go with the 75, but because your credenza sticks out two feet, the TV is two feet closer, or a foot and a half closer to you. So maybe the 75 then becomes a little too big. Right. And then you're forced to go to 70, 65. And, you know, and your buddy just bought a 75 and you got to keep up with the Joneses. right? (laughs) Well, that's another factor. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, it's funny. It's funny. You know, if your your neighbor, (laughs) if your neighbor wins the lottery, you know, you know how many people typically if you if somebody wins the lottery, their next door neighbors are something like 10 times more likely to go bankrupt because the chase, trying to keep up because with they're the trying, because they're like oh my god like keep they're in the up. same neighborhood they just bought a boat we got to buy a boat and then they go it's 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 crazy the psychology behind it we that, need
2: a boat uh, sitting on our driveway all time all year long <laughs> all
1: year long we'll <laughs> need be, we need an rv yeah. the size of a school bus yeah. with these giant uh, <laughs> honey get a projector he's got a 65 we need to up this that's right so that's the tv side of things right so you know distance and size and those kind of things you know that needs a factor the lighting conditions the other thing to consider is what you're going to watch on the tv so if you watch nothing but the bachelor or you know stuff without any kind of fast motion you necessarily maybe don't need to go with the best of the best tv right for for anybody listening um
0: Mike does not watch The Bachelor I watch, I watch oh, Shittier on. reality television Than The Bachelor Don't you worry um, But What is a movie TV What is something for Like strictly movies I mean the, Okay so, so,
1: what, so it depends on The type of movie you watch If you love French avant-garde that's my favorite words from the, Avant-garde from, is. From, is. from 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 the uh, <laughs> you know or you're really into Italian fellini movies where you know fast motions not a big thing you're really into reading subtitles and those types of things then you necessarily don't maybe need to go with a really high-end television. Let's say we
2: just got the box set of the entire
1: MCU to this point. You want the most badass television <laughs> you can buy. Basically, in that situation, I think a good movie TV would be also a, a movie, a TV that's going to be good for sports as well, like okay. hockey and football. So things, fast things, fast Things with movement. fast motion, okay. things with really accurate color reproduction, good black levels, those types of things, the, those are going to be the things that encompass. And the thing is, if you purchase a TV like that, watching something like The Best, Bachelor those avant-garde movies right you know are still going to look even better right and that's I think you're just not going to get the juice out of the TV for that show right yeah exactly like you don't need 120 Hertz or a faster you know overall panel speed or reproduction like you know response time in the panel or you know refresh rate um, isn't as necessary in those types of shows as it would be in a fast action movie or you know sports or those types of things so
2: you can drive the kids to school in a Lamborghini Totally. Uh, Lambo- but do you need the Lamborghini to drive the kids well, to school? Well, Lambo makes an do. SUV now, <laughs> yeah. But well. if you want to race, you can't race in a minivan. You need the Lamborghini. So
0: you could if you put a Tesla engine <laughs> uh, in that Grand okay. Caravan. I feel that we can touch on two different things here because we've yeah. touched on the TV. So what about the sound for a room like this? Like because. They, yep. They're they're married, right? Those are good. Bedfellers. They're
1: they're totally married. And you know, when I used to sell electronics or TVs and AV and stuff like that, or home theater in an actual electronics store, you know, so many people would go, "Oh, well, the the speakers of the TV are fine." And I said, "No, they really aren't." I mean, you wouldn't spend eleven or twelve or eighteen dollars to go to the movie movies if the sound was shit. Yeah, if you had it's, like it's an no, it's wouldn't. an experience, right? Yep. You know, you've got two eyes, you also have two ears. We're a very visually driven society, you know, more so than ever before, and, you know, audio, you know, the the MP3 and the iPhone and the iPod and headphones, like, you know, earbuds and stuff has really kind of degraded people's expectations on sound sometimes, but, you know, if you want that full embodied experience when you're watching a movie and especially a movie – you need a good sound system, right? Because especially in the flat panel TVs, there, there's a limit in how big the speakers can be or how much wattage can be inside of them. So I think it's imperative that um, you know you, you you have a good sound system. And another element to it, especially from a movie perspective, is also having a subwoofer. Mm. And you know a lot of people are always like, "Oh well, you know the bass isn't loud enough." And I'm like, actually, the bass is actually more felt than it's actually listened to. And if you've ever watched a thriller with just TV speakers, or then watched it on a surround sound system where there's actually that bass, one of the big differences is is when you watch that thriller, that bass is working the whole time. And it's very um, visceral, and it's very... it's a cer- a sixth sense to a movie. Almost. It's a, it's cerebral in that all the hairs on your arm will go up, and that hair on the back of your neck yeah. raises up. And you know, let's let's use a movie like you know, I don't know, the Sixth Sense or something like that. Sure, okay. You know, and there's there's some scenes, and I mean, that's one of those movies. The first time you see, you're like, oh my god, I'm just and, fucking you know, locked in, yeah. And, yeah you know, your brain. You know, I was I was funny. I was watching Fifty First Dates the other day, and they have to watch the Sixth Sense over and over every single day. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, would ki- I, I would kill myself. Of the one you movie. Know, that the you, one movie movie that you just like you really can only watch it once maybe yeah. a second time the will <laughs> have other... you just walking on it when people are watching yeah. it and you're like if you've yeah. seen it you don't ruin it right david but... fincher's the game is like that too though but um the ending is awesome yes. oh, With Michael Douglas. yeah totally, totally side of a building yeah totally um if we won't ruin the ending for those that have not seen that badass movie we only apply spoilers to movies within
0: less or like two weeks or less so.
1: okay so it's really really awesome it blows your mind and uh, you're like holy shit I can't believe Sean Penn did that it's um, <laughs> the worst prank ever <laughs> the worst best prank ever it is um, where, what were you we talking about uh, oh the sound. sound the sound yeah the, so the so, so, in a, so for sound you've got a few options you can go ghetto styles and just use the TV speakers and I I, I've always told salespeople this as a manager and a trainer or whatever in different situations is basically said, I give you carplange to say this TV you're buying has wicked sound or wicked picture, but the sound is terrible. Right. <laughs> you need at least a sound bar with it, right? And that really becomes the options. You can buy a sound bar, you can go with the dedicated five point one system where it's a component system with speakers and a receiver. I want right? to just stop you there for a second. Yeah.
0: Uh, 5.1, 7.2. Quick definition of what those is. is I'm, I'm of the mind that that's
1: five speakers, right? Mm-hmm. And then one channel of mm-hmm. them all going in. Is that what 5.1 means? So I'll kind of explain the whole thing. So first off, you got 2.0 or two channel audio. And that basically is a left and a right signal. And that's been around for, for forever. Yeah, that's your basic, That's what yeah. you get with a pair of headphones, Stereo. right? Stereo. Then you have 2.1. And that is, again, the left and the right, so stereo sound. But the point 0.1 represents the subwoofer. The reason the sub isn't given its own full channel is that it only reproduces low frequencies. So it's only about one-tenth of the full human, uh, the okay. whole full spectrum of audio that the human ear can basically hear. Then 10% it,
0: point
2: 0.1. <laughs>
1: well, I don't know if it's exactly 10%, but we—that's I'll, 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 math we can I'll work pull with. out my abacus later and we can figure it out.
0: For Martin, that's 3.333 repeating. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> And then uh, then there's sound bars that are 3.1, and that's where you have uh, a left and a right channel and a center channel, and then the 0.1 for the sub. And the reason that this becomes a better experience is that Especially with television and movies, dialogue really becomes such a big thing. And if you're mixing that dialogue in amongst those two channels where also the sound effects and the music come, mm. sometimes that audio can get a little muddled. It can get a little compressed. and Everybody's able... working too much. Exactly. So by adding that third channel, you're actually separating the audio and you're actually cleaning it up. And then you go into a 5.1 system. And there is some sound bars that can do this. Um, but the, the typical historical way would be doing the dedicated five speakers and the subwoofer. So you have a front left and a front right. You've got your center channel, where believe it or not, almost forty percent of the audio comes out of. So it's typically a very, very important speaker, and a lot of people would spend tons of money on their big fronts, fronts, and then buy this dinky little center, <laughs> and then they're wondering why they've got to increase on the why setting they're here on, on the, the receiver, gunfire, but no dialogue. Or they got to increase the, the setting on the receiver for their center channel to plus nine or plus ten, and they're like, "Why do I got to do this?" I'm like, "You didn't buy the right the you got to it's got to be balanced, right?" And then then you have your your rear right and your rear left, and that's your five point one system and then you then we had an introduction of 6.1 where you guessed it we added a six speaker in the middle of the back then they said that's stupid let's go 7.1 where you're adding two backs back okay so you kind of end up having two back speakers you have two ones that are rears so kind of to your side a little bit and that kind of gives you a completely immersive sound all your the way surround around sound that so to speak. that exactly so 5.1 is your minimum for a surround sound 7.1 be kind becomes kind of this round sound plus, I don't know if uh, sure, I'm just, yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. using that's, that as a, yeah. as a reference point. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned 7.2. If you had a 7.2, it just means you have two subs. Okay, so the now, second number is the amount of subs. The first number is the amount of speakers. Correct. Now, about five years ago, we introduced a brand new standard, and it's what we call Dolby Atmos. Yes. And it's basically object-based um, sound motion that actually adds a third dimension to the sound. So instead of us just looking at things kind of on an X and Y axis, we're actually adding that Z axis, so we're actually adding more height. Now, previous to this, we had something called present speakers that you could basically put up at the front that added a little bit more vertical height to sound, but this basically took it to the next stage. So it was developed by Dolby. Uh, DTS also has a version of it, it's a DTX, and what it can do is you can either put two or four speakers in the ceiling or have... Speakers built into the front and the rear speakers that reflect off the ceiling. And what it essentially does is it adds that height or to, to the sound and actually provides sound almost in a three-dimensional space. So I'll give you an example. Say I have a 747 that takes off and goes over top of me. Mm. In a 5.1, the sound would almost appear to kind of wrap around you, right? In that Atmos system, it literally, the sound comes up, and then that audio then connects to the rear speakers, and you have a seamless sound that not only goes around you, but also literally goes over top of you. So you would feel like you're actually sitting on the hood of a car at the end of a runway, runway with that 747 flying over top of you. And then you hear
2: you. it disappearing Exactly, Exactly. You would,
1: you would hear the two things connect together seamlessly. Oh, that's pretty cool. And, wow. And that numbering system is... Ultimately, like the best version of it is a seven point one point four, so the seven would be the seven speakers around you, right? Yep. The point one would be the sub, and then the point four would be the four Atmos speakers in the ceiling or reflecting off off the ceiling. You could also do a five point one two. You could do a seven point one two. You could do a five point one four, which I imagine brown. is
0: you figure that out by the room you're in, right? Do you have a lot of overhead space? Do you have, do you want
1: what you want and what you have to work with? Absolutely. I mean, do you have, is it in a basement and you've got suspended ceiling so it's easy to put in ceiling speakers? Are you doing a complete rebuild or renovation or a new build so you can actually pre-run all the wires and do the perfect placement of those in ceiling speakers? Are you just going to buy fronts that actually have Atmos speakers built on the top of them that actually reflect the sound off? I mean, heck, there's sound bars now that are available in a 7.14 configuration so they'll actually have yeah
2: like speakers firing and all different. Yeah directions. so
1: i mean samsung has their high end soundbar is a 7.1.4 so you've got a bar that would sit in front of the tv it has the three front firing speakers yeah it has two speakers that drive off the side and reflect sound off the side to give you the the side rear speakers it has two in the top that bounce off the ceiling to give you the front atmos and then it has two rear speakers that are bluetooth enabled that will drive the rear sound to you, and then also have rear uh, vertical drivers that bounce the sound off the top, and it all works together. And this is a sound bar you can buy for you know you know we're for about 1500 to 2000 wow. bucks
2: and it's i'm assuming it's all done with the the delays and the different sound no it's and the it, no it, and... it has
1: dedicated speakers in it that actually it's well, that's all I encompassing yeah. right Absolutely. I mean, you got to be I, well, i'm d- taking
2: it you set d- that thing d- up in a room and it it sort of calibrates itself or do you calibrate it manually it or? it
1: just kind of adjusts itself and okay. things like that now like the higher end like receivers will actually have an auto calibration system in it so you know Yamaha and Anthem and Onkyo and all those different guys will have different variations of this and maybe they'll have a little microphone that plugs into the front or they've got it integrated into the remote control and those types of things. And, and that will actually calibrate your, your speakers based on distance and levels and the acoustics of the room and things like that. So it's very, there's some really, really cool technology out there.
2: So what, did we, what does Mike get here? Yeah. Like what would you,
1: Let's go I back mean, to
2: yeah. I mean, with two sixty five new 65 inch. I mean, in, in this in, this, in this, happening.
1: in this room, I would go 65 inch for sure. Okay. Right. Um, 75 inch, I think that would be a preference thing. So you would have to decide if that was more TV than you wanted or less. I think based on the decor of your room, the way you have it decorated, a 75 wouldn't work with everything you have on the walls. So I think the 65 would be a better fit for this. Definitely. Or what and I mean, neighbor, it is, or what your neighbor has yeah. Yeah. <laughs> whoever won the lottery up the street. Yeah. 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 Totally. Totally. Um, and then as far as audio goes, um, because you're a renter, I would go with the sound bar.
0: I was thinking in my mind because yeah. with I, my my dad yeah. did have the five point one yeah. point two, growing, yeah. but like a very basic
1: version yeah. of it. If and you were in, it was if, loud. if you were in a standalone home where you're not worried about pissing your neighbor off and you can have the big subs and the big sound and stuff like that, then maybe going. The other thing is, I don't think you have room for speakers in here, and that's don't. where yeah. a great sound bar would make an would make an op would make uh, would be a great fit. And again, maybe you don't need the sub, right? So there is some great. One body soundbars out there that still reproduce enough bass to still give you that thriller, oops, that thriller effect when you're watching that hair rising on your arms, but isn't going to shake so much that your next door neighbor's going to be banging on your door when you, even when you're trying to watch a movie at 7, 7 p.m. Yeah, yeah. Now, Shauna is a big proponent of clarity mm-hmm. and all these things we've talked about. If I was so minimum, you'd want 3.1, you'd want those that dedicated center channel in the soundbar. So that when you're watching a movie that has that five, that dedicated 5.1 soundtrack, what'll happen is say, for instance, you're watching, you've got a 3.1 soundbar, right? Um, and you're watching Netflix where the, the, the movie is a Dolby Digital track. It's 5.1, uncompressed, has dedicated sounds for each of the each of the channels. It's not creating those. All the dinosaurs are making their own noise. I get totally, it. Totally, totally, totally. Raptors over here. <laughs> what will what, what, happen is that audio will come out of the television. It will go into the sound bar, and the sound bar goes, okay, cool. This is a 5.1 signal. I'm only able to do 3.1, so it basically – takes those back two channels and helps to integrate that audio into the two fronts so it's not completely lost but cuts most of it away and then just would produce those three front channels and the subwoofer.
0: I have I, I'm I've never noticed it because I, I I just don't have like my brain just doesn't naturally go to it. Are these streaming services advertising anywhere in their anywhere in their jargon that they are in 4k? Like, can you find out if XYZ movie is in four K?
1: The easiest way to do it is uh, like with Netflix, for instance. So Netflix um, is intelligent through the HDMI connection to the okay. t- either 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 the HDMI is integrated into the TV. So I'll just give you an example. So if you go into Netflix. It automatically detect- uses a few things to determine what type of resolution it's going to display. So first off, it's only going to display 4K signal a, if you're paying for the Netflix that's 4K capable. Yes, so you got to yep, spend yep. the 16 bucks a month, which is totally worth it because you also get four users with it. So you can share it with whoever. And... Um, so it'll automatically detect that but it will only show that the title is 4K or streaming in 4K if you have a 4K TV. Okay, so they, so, yeah, so it right. automatically detects that. The other thing is it'll it'll only stream 4K if your if your if your internet connection has enough bandwidth to support it. So if you're using dial up and you're 5 megabits a second, you ain't getting 4K. So sorry son, upgrade or move to the city away from the boonies yeah. and get better better um, you know, a better uh, internet uh, signal to your house, or say your Wi-Fi is just shitty in your house. You've got a bad router, or you know the vicinity to the router where the TV is, or some interference. You're not getting the full bandwidth. Then you'd want to run that Ethernet cable to get that consistent internet signal to that, so you're getting a high enough that it can actually broadcast the 4K. Secondly, it'll only show you that it's HDR if you have a TV that's capable of HDR. So all newer 4K TVs are are HDR capable. Okay. okay? And then when it comes to 5.1, it'll 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 automatically do 5.1 if you're hooking it up to a, vo- a device that's capable of 5.1. If you have an Atmos-enabled soundbar or receiver. It will only show that it's Atmos or send the Atmos signal when it detects that you have Atmos gear hooked up. So the technology can detect if this, it's this there. is this yeah. is Netflix. And Netflix yeah. obviously is the pinnacle of where streaming needs to be. I mean, Disney Plus has some wicked content. They are they're still five years away from having a streaming yeah, service on par. Yeah. You know, Crave is like twelve years away from that. They're like the worst streaming service ever. Prime is pretty good, but again, it's just it's a clunky interface. It's not Netflix is so clean and awesome and just so incredibly automated. But again, um, you know, uh, both Disney plus crave and, um, and prime will automatically determine what the best signal to send out is based on your gear as well too. Okay. So they all, that's they
0: good They'll chat to each other. That's interesting. Well,
1: that's why, like, I mean, if you're watching Netflix on your, on your phone and you're on a data connection, you know, and if you're only on three G I'll use an example or the LTE connections a little bit on the weak sauce. Yeah. You're not going to get 1080 P on your phone. You're not, it, 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 it's not, it it's going it, to pixelate it, it and thro- it throttles and... it down. And it yeah. does that because it's still trying to show you the image without completely disconnecting the stream.
2: I'm going to assume that you recommend running a, an actual physical cable, even if wireless is enabled on your particular <sighs> device. Great,
1: yeah. That's... I mean, I mean, this is, this is the ultimate question. I mean, I, I, when I used to sell in a, in a retail store and people come in, they'd be like, oh, I'm building a new house and I want to pre-wire my, my room for home theater. I'm like, awesome. I'm glad you came in before the drywall was put up to talk to us about this, right? And then I would always say to them, I'm like, are you planning on running Ethernet throughout your house? And they're like, why would I do that? I got Wi-Fi. And I'm like, because Wi-Fi is shitty. It yeah? can be really awesome or it can be really good. And the thing is, too, is most people are like, oh, I'm just going to use the router that my ISP provides me. Well, that's that's stop being an idiot. You need if you want good Wi-Fi in your house. You have customer service skills you know, like I've never. Seen. Well, I'm not saying this. That's, right. that's what I'm saying in my brain. But I'm like, oh, yeah, that's 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 great. That's great. Um, You know, you want to go with a mesh network router system. And I mean, finally, Bell and Shaw are, are making that available to their more premium services. Um, They've got decent technology in that, but there is some better dedicated routers that you can buy out there in a mesh network system. And for those listening that don't know what a mesh network system is, it's basically it's a series of routers that work together in conjunction to provide better coverage for the Wi-Fi that's more consistent. It also has technology that will automatically... Throttle up and down what's going to each device based on what's being used. So if Billy is just doing some research or or some Google searches and he only needs twelve megabits a second, he'll get that. But if Sally is watching four K on her iPad, the throttling goes it, to her. It, it mm. she'll get she'll get a larger proportion of that um, range. It also has a technology called Mimu, which basically uses you know three D. You know triangulates where you are and it actually will use an array the, the the antenna array that's built into these routers and actually pinpoint that signal directly to where you're standing in relation to the router so it's it's you're getting a better more consistent signal there as well too so if you are going to get a smart tv and you are going to do the Wi-Fi thing. These are run like, an Ethernet cable. Run an Ethernet cable. That's, that's the, the simple of it. If you absolutely can't, the space does not accommodate it, then rely on the Wi-Fi. But you know, if if your if your Wi-Fi can, is inconsistent, you may run into some issues once in a while where you're like, "What's going on here?" And it's just it's a limitation of what Wi-Fi is, especially in older homes. Like you know, I my house is 110 years old. Well, it has plaster in the walls. Yeah. The plaster from 110 years ago, it got lead in it. Yeah, and lead it, blocking signals. lead blocks the signals. So you know, don't eat that plaster either, right? Um, <laughs> it's, but no matter
2: know, how delicious it looks,
1: it does look very <laughs> delicious sometimes, especially when you sand plaster. it all down. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: So, and most people have their the the. Their box
1: sitting right below their TV or their router is usually within vicinity. Like
2: you'd probably need a three foot cable to run it, and they're still using Wi Fi. Well,
1: don't buy three foot cables. As (laughs) a rule of thumb, you always buy six foot cables unless you know for sure that the distance will only ever be about one to one and a half feet. A one meter cable is okay, but if you've got the option between a one and a six foot cable or one meter and a two meter cable, always buy the two meter cable. I always say this: it's better to be a foot too long than an inch too short, and that's what she said. Um, Where's the high hat? That is is a selling line if I've ever heard one. (laughs) You got to be careful when you're when you're trying to use that in a store. Who your audience is. Yeah, no kidding. But when I was a sales guy, my favorite thing was to try to get old ladies. Uh, to say shit or fuck. <laughs> if I could get one of them to swear to me, it was just like it was like ah, oh, so amazing. Oh, it opens it opens up yeah. so many different. You're like you're like this lady, tr- these people. Like I've developed a true relationship with this person because they trusted me enough to swear in front of me, and I'm a complete stranger. Yeah, and then you know they're an old lady, proper wasp or something. You know, <laughs> you know the kind of people that you know wrap up money in the wax paper and put it in the birthday cake, that kind of thing.
0: That, <laughs> um, just a brief. Touch on, on smart TVs because you, you definitely made a great point. Is it is it something that you should be considering in your TV purchase or is it something that like you I should use? I think for... if you
1: don't have an audio system and you're buying a TV, you should buy an audio system with the TV, even if it's a basic two hundred dollar soundbar. Oh, I'm, I, OK, I misspoke. I meant, OK like smart tv is in itself like you can't really buy a tv that isn't smart anymore okay, right? So, right i mean there's 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 a few small sizes i think you can buy some for like some 32s and under that and some 40 and 43s without smart but pretty much smart is ubiquitous now with all tvs and honestly i mean cable is going out like the cable yeah. companies are going to hold on to it as long as possible but the future of getting entertainment and TV is going to be through streaming services. So buying a smart TV makes sense. And having those apps integrated into the television not only makes the overall experience easier, more fun, and simplistic, but it also improves the overall quality. Anytime you've got an exterior device that you're then running a cable to bring that signal in, it would be better to have that 4K signal native in the television right to the TV all integrated on the same channel. Yeah, don't make it messy. Totally. Yeah. 100%. Okay, um, but price. Keep, but keep in mind too, not all smart TVs are created equal, right? Yeah, well, nothing. That's a true you know? statement than anything. About, you know, there's about some everything. There, there's some brands out there, and you know, when you're going through the smart function, and it literally it takes thirty seconds to fire the TV up, and to go into Netflix takes another minute. My first smart
0: TV I, is in the bedroom because of that exact. Totally, speci- like it. it there yeah. is it. It. It's. It's like My smart TV runs as fast as I run, and I don't work out, so that just gives you yeah, like yeah. a little bit of an idea. Does like, it get I, hot and sweaty the same way too? Oh, good lord! Uh, yeah. it, it cramps up. It, uh, <laughs> it, it 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 cuts out before it's even done its workout. Like there's, <laughs> fuck it, I'm going home. Um, Finishes halfway through the movie. Yeah, yeah. Movie all of a sudden freezes for no the, reason. The movie prematurely ends. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know oh, where we're going different. with this. I think we're talking <laughs> yeah. about a different movie. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, price point and brand, like, you've seen them all. Mm-hmm. You've you've played with them all. You've sold them all at some point or another. Like, can you... You, you get what you pay for. You get what you pay for. Is that... Okay, so that's yeah. safe to say. Because sometimes you yeah. can get a steal, right? Yeah. But I would figure in this world, the technology that you've mentioned, yeah, there's a reason that it's there. There's a reason it costs that much, and this is what it's going to do.
1: I mean, I look at it like this. I mean... If you look at the big guys, let's let's use Sony, Samsung, LG as an example. They all have TVs from crazy, stupid, expensive to an entry level. Now, maybe that might be, you know, a hundred to one hundred fifty, maybe two hundred dollars more than that off-brand Chinese company, right? But at the end of the day, is it worth spending the extra 100 bucks? I believe it is. And I look at it this way, right? You know, people say, oh, it's just not worth it. I hardly watch TV. Most people watch more television than they think. Oh, yeah. And, you know, to spend a, a couple hundred dollars or a few hundred dollars or even a $1,000 more so that, that the entertainment you watch – looks its absolute best it looks as close to the way that director or that dp intended it to look right um, <laughs> I'll never stop smiling when i, you that. I it, it's it's so funny whenever i hear that on a, so what do you do
0: on a film i'm a dp i'm the Pardon dp me? Is, 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 is do you work go, with the fluffer um
2: this is kind of going down the same road of people that won't spend money on a bed you spend
1: totally x amount of time in bed. right you spend yeah. a
2: third of your life yeah. in the fucking bed and they they want a 500 hundred dollar mattress to last them 10 years
1: totally you you get what you pay for right and i mean and for me time is time time is arguably the most precious thing for me so you know if if spending a little bit more money gets me a television where you know getting into everything is quicker and easier and and better that to me is is a is a better overall experience than buying that entry level no name television that's probably made in china by a chinese brand and you know you know how the Chinese are bullying Canada, <laughs> so but we don't get into politics. Fight right back, now. everybody! Yeah, <laughs> um, but you know it's you know you're 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 gonna get what you pay for. And I mean I'm not I'm not saying that there isn't some good off brand TVs out there. There absolutely is. And those are probably for the cabin or for your shop, right? Like I mean, we some people are gonna be happy. There's it. gonna be people happy with those too. Like TCL makes some great TVs. I wouldn't buy the entry level TCL. I'd probably buy the highest end one. But don't expect it to. You're saying oh well, I'm buying the high end TCL. It's as good as the high in Sony and Samsung it's not
2: okay I'm gonna throw three off-brand TVs at you okay if you had to to give me your impressions about them
1: Um, pro (laughs) scan answer number Uh, one high sense they're the Chinese uh, owned by the Chinese government Um, they make a lot of their own components themselves they're huge in China they own sharp so if you're buying a sharp TV in North America it's actually a high sense TV um, I mean, they're they're a good basic TV. I myself would still spend either to get a more basic Samsung, LG, or Sony, or Panasonic, uh, Vizio, Vizio. I mean, Ellen loves Vizio. I know Oprah <laughs> was giving these things away like no one's business. Well, there's a reason you can give them <laughs> um, away. Though. You know, again, I mean, it's it's it, you're you're gonna get a decent TV, but I myself, I just. I just gravitate to those big established companies that are actually doing the R and D, actually developing the the technology, pushing everything forward, have really built this industry and you know, they're not just piggybacking and hijacking and reverse engineering and doing a, a lower cost version of it. Typically, you know, and I'm not gonna say that, you know, a, a Samsung or a Sony isn't gonna break down. Heck, I mean they're you know, what's at the back of a Mercedes dealership? It's a repair shop <laughs> because Mercedes is break down too, even yeah. though it's 150 K. But typically, you're going to get a TV that's going to last longer. It's going to be more reliable. There's going to be somebody locally that actually fixes it. Parts are going to be more available. Those types of things, right? So what is a good starting price? Like when you, it when depends you get on the big three, it depends on the size that you're going to go. Right. Okay. But I mean, if you're looking for a good 65 inch TV, I mean, you can get a 65 inch 4K smart TV with lots of bells and whistles, um, you know, for for under a thousand dollars. You know, if you get yourself into around that fifteen hundred dollar price point, and this is on sale, right? Like a good aggressive sale, you're gonna get yourself a good TV. Okay. It's not really entry level, it's not super high end, and you're gonna, you it's it's a good middle of the road TV that's gonna you know handle most things that you throw at it. I mean, I had of a friend um, who uh, last Christmas bought a a, a seventy five inch TV, and it was the entry level. And he's like, ah, oh, I got this TV; it's so awesome. And I was like, and he told me, and I was like, dude, like that's going to suck. <laughs> and sure enough, he goes home and he's watching the junior, he's watching uh, juniors uh, hockey. Yeah. And he texts me. He's like, this thing looks like shit. And I said, yeah, man, it's, it's a 75. It's maybe not the highest price point. And you like things a little bit better. And the TV you had previous was smaller, but was a little bit more high end. So, and then, so I said, go buy this TV. And he went and bought that TV and he took it home and he spent a little bit more money. And he was like, Oh my God, so worth it, and it was a thousand bucks more, but it was worth it. And he's going to keep that TV for the next five to seven years, yeah. And was you know, if I divide a thousand bucks over five years, it's pennies, that's it's well, yeah, it's definitely under a dollar a day, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. Right? And, and for time, and, which is precious to everybody, and he loves hockey, so that's one of the key things he's plus watching. a dollar
0: and
2: hockey, like th- that That for, equation is for get the fucking better. less than the TV. cost of your McDonald's coffee in the morning.
1: Well, it depends yeah. if, it's, if it's a dollar promo or not. It depends if roll-up for the rim is happening, and uh, and McDonald's is basically trolling Tim Hortons it's, by offering coffee for But even cheaper a than
2: your dollar coffee in the morning, totally, you're saying, right? Totally, So it, Yeah. It, you,
0: you make great points because I the first Bluetooth speaker I bought for my phone yeah. is, is was a POS, right? Yeah. Piece of shit, not not brand. Um, and then I finally got to a Bose.
1: And it's like, it, are you going to spend... You spent more money, but it was a better experience. It probably connects better. It sounds better. It's... Better night, battery. Night
0: and day. Totally. Night and
1: day. But are you going
0: to spend money on three different shitty versions that are going to be the same price Boom. as the better version? Yeah. Or just swallow it and get the better version, and then you're like, well, at least I'm not yeah. out 400 instead yeah. of 200 right? I
2: think people have a hard time with this, with things like electronics, like a TV, is everybody knows that if I pull a Mercedes Benz in front of you and behind it, I pull a Kia not saying that Kia is not a good car, but they all have a steering wheel. They all have four wheels yeah, they Get you from A to B, right? Yeah. They all do the same thing, sure. but clearly you can see the differences that are, and
1: offered. I respect the fact too, that not everyone is in a socioeconomic or has that extra money to buy that TV. Right. And I respect that. What I'm saying in this situation is if you can afford it, do it and spend a little bit more in a minute and if you truly love cinema and you truly love movies and you have a movie collection you've spent hundreds or thousands of dollars on but then you cheap out and buy a terrible TV why did you buy all these movies and spend all this money on this stuff and but to watch it on a on a P on a piece of shit that yeah. doesn't look good if you're listening it's to like, movie podcasts, yeah <laughs> you like movies yeah. enough to do yourself a so, favor you
0: know <laughs> you know <laughs> get a really great soundbar to listen to us and a really great tv to watch the movies on we talk about after there's there, no, anyway.
1: it, it's kind of like the person that owns a really nice library of books but won't buy new bifocals to read them
0: yeah like you can't see shit is that, that good, a a good
2: that's it, a good analogy yeah, just popped in, in my head just can barely even see the, the <laughs>
1: or they're, buying, they're they buy like an oversized magnifying glass from the dollar store instead of bifocals <laughs>
0: Um, we had, I had mentioned how much I love movies to you. And then I, I made some ignorant statement and then you had mentioned, well, there's a reason why they're filmed in a certain way. Touch on that for a second. Cause the way the DP and the director and the editing and everything that goes into making that movie look that good, buying the TV that respects that attempt, I guess is kind of where I was headed with that.
1: Yeah. Like, I mean, a lot of people think that like 4k was a big revolution in television But I would argue that HDR was almost bigger, right? And HDR with 4K is really what's encompassed and really brought the the viewing experience. And home closer to the experience that I get when I actually go to the movie theater. Yeah. And, and that's what you want to bring and, home and, with you. And, and, and I love going to the IMAX. I love it. I love that giant screen. I love the the Christmas and the perfection of the picture. And I love the sound and the whole embodiment of it. Even though, you know, Grant Park's got those badass reclining seats. You do. Right. You do sacrifice. Yeah. You know, it's 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 the trade off a little bit. Right. Sometimes. And. You know, though, if they're in the big theater at Grand Park, it's still badass sound and picture. Right. But it's not there's It's th- not IMAX. It's something about that IMAX. Right. And for me, I want to I want to bring that experience at the movie theater into my home as well when I'm watching those. And, you know, so I think that that's really important now to the way movies were intended. So when they the reference monitor that they use when they're filming things for Hollywood is they use about a 40 or 43 inch 4K um, reference monitor. Yeah, and, the that's, director's watching and, the monitor. and that's what the editors—they're using that type of thing as the reference on how the picture's captured and the lighting and all that kind of stuff. Now, the dots per inch on a 43-inch 4K is about 140 pixels per inch. Now, what one of the other reasons 8K is coming in is that I maintain that 104 pixels per inch when I go to an 85-inch 8K so what that basically means is the way the th- the, the, the 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 standard that that dp and uh, director used um when filming the movie you're maintaining that ratio going up to an 85 inch 8k and not to take anything away from a 65 75 <clears throat> 85 inch 4k but what's, what's happening is the, the number of pixels is still the same, between a 65 and an 85. But you're going to a physically larger screen. yeah. So, so you would lose in the room. So, so less, yeah. less, thus, the picture actually, technically, when you're f- sitting the same distance, will actually be a little bit more superior on an 8K. Now, I'm not saying don't buy really big 4K TVs. It's all based on the distance in your room and things yeah. like that. But you're going to maintain the perfection of the way the director intended it when you go to in an 85-inch with an 8K. That's essentially what I'm getting at. Okay. So, even without reason, yeah. that even without that native content being in an AK and it being upscaled from 4K or 1080p, it's still going to look better on the AK. Because it's
0: important for people to understand that if you if you want to do the movie theater experience at mm-hmm. home, there's a reason it was made for that big screen. So when you totally. lose your size of screen, if you're going to do the whole home theater setup, yeah. quote unquote,
1: do it right. So that you well, get the best version Here's of the it. crazy thing. If you have an 8K TV in your house, you're actually getting a better experience than you're getting at the movie theater because IMAX is actually 4K DLP projector.
2: Oh,
1: wow. And I mean, there's some new technologies coming out. Samsung has something called the Wall. LG has some comparable things. This was just
0: released at CES this year, right? No, it was released uh, two
1: years ago. The Wall? So this is actually the third year that they've actually had it here. And this is a product where they have 42-inch interlocking panels that basically get installed. It has a controller system. You can do multiple aspect ratios with it. This year, it's 8K resolution, and it uses a technology called micro-LED, which... I hope is eventually gonna replace both OLED and QLED and LED because it basically gives you the best black level ever. It gives you, it eventually be able to be manufactured cheaper than these technologies. Um, it gives you the capability of doing massive sizes up to 292 inches, I think is the biggest they've done thus far, which Jesus. basically replaces a movie theater screen. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you're, you don't have the limitations of a re- upper projector where you have to replace the bulb and you can't have a lot of ambient light. And uh, it's ultra fast. It has no burn in. It can hit uh, peak brightness levels of up to 5000 nits, which is unreal, which is really the max limitation of what, you know, uh, the cameras out there can really do as far as that kind of goes. So I'm that's kind of the future where, you know, we've seen these movies from 20 years ago where there's literally a wall, a, a wall, a wall TV where the whole wall is the television that's coming. Like, we're almost there. Now, it's really expensive. Only super rich people and corporations are going to have this kind of stuff now. But as things scale up, the cost is going to come down. And this yeah. is going to be in people's living rooms faster than they realize. Wow. Well, I, sorry to just change the no, yeah, really was, quick. Yeah. We're on the
2: topic of, of re- replicating in your living room what the mm-hmm. movie director wants you to see. Mm-hmm. While we're on that topic, um, I wanted to touch on the frames per second. Right.
1: Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right.
2: So, this is a big thing. I know this is a pet peeve of mine at my parents' house when they have the motion smoothing on their new Mm -hmm. TV, right? That's adding extra frames. Soap opera effect. Yeah. Right. So, they are watching movies at 60 frames per second or whatever it upscales to or 40 frames per second, and it looks ridiculous to me. (laughs) <laughs> right? So my understanding and correct me if I'm wrong, is that movies, cinema, Hollywood is shot in 24 frames per second.
1: So it, it, it typically was shot in 24 frames per second. So okay. that's the way uh film projectors basically worked. Right. And, um, t- uh, flat panel TVs are naturally 60 Hertz televisions and the Hertz basically stand. It's represents one frame a second essentially is what it is. Okay. Now with LEDs, because the response time is, isn't always as lightning fast as, say, a plasma is, and that's just the nature of the technology, we introduced 120 hertz panels, okay? And w- what it does is it uses an algorithm that basically fills in every 1 of a second or it basically puts an extra frame in between those two frames to help smooth out the motion. And this is really important for things like sports, you know, hockey, football, tennis. Fast movement on the fly. Fast motion and things like that. But then when I'm watching a show like the bachelor those kind of things sometimes that motion can seem over exaggerated now this technology has gotten better and better over the years there's a lot of auto um um better predictiveness with this as well as it'll auto detect what type of content you're watching and actually throttle it up and down based on what you're watching or you can adjust it and turn it off depending on your person person but that term where that Motion is over-exaggerated, is referred to as the soap opera effect, whereas those soap operas in the 1980s always kind of look clunky and weird and yeah. didn't have that awesomeness that movies typically had. Um, but there's there's some movies that are even being filmed at higher resolutions. I mean, the new Hobbit movie was filmed, I believe, in 4K, 120 frames per second. Oh, so if the movie's filmed in it, then it's going to look great.
0: You don't need to do, make anything. Yeah, make your TV do anything. For yeah,
1: you. and I mean, it also depends on the television too. So some TVs you're not going to need to put on that, on that as much. Some you do. Okay. So again, it's 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 a personal preference thing, and it's playing around with it. But I would recommend if I was buying a TV today, I would typically look, especially if I like movies and I like action movies and I like MCU and I like. You know, I'm I'm really stoked about the new Dune movie coming out, and you know, I'm gonna watch that on Blu-ray. Or, Blade Runner 2049, you know, you, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, you know, Denny Villeneuve is a, is, a, is a boss. You know, yeah. or I love the Matrix or those kind of things. I want 120 hertz, okay. and on top of that, if I also love football and hockey and those kind of things, then it becomes a no-brainer at that time. And I'm time.
2: assuming gaming the same thing with these...
1: Gaming, absolutely, because the other big thing that's been introduced in the, in the gaming industry is something called the variable refresh rate. So gaming systems, notably Xbox and PlayStation 4, all rely on an AMD chipset. Now, PlayStation 4, this is an update that they've never done, but Xbox One uh, Xbox One X has a feature called AMD FreeSync. And for any of the gamers out there, you know that it's a variable refresh rate. And what it essentially uh, prevents is things like screen tearing and screen ripping and those types of things, but also gives you a much lower input lag, which for gamers is imperative, especially if I'm playing, you know, Call of Duty or Fortnite or those types of things where, you know, having a reduction of you know, 20 to 25 milliseconds of input lag is the difference between me not dying and, and dying in that Battle royal situation, right? Okay, yeah. So. Now, the other thing is, for NVIDIA um, stuff, uh, it's, uh, there's G-Sync. And uh, G-Sync is slowly being introduced into TVs. I believe a bunch of the TVs in 2020 will have it. Um, this is something gaming monitors have had for a long time, and again, that also helps to encompass variable refresh rate. So when you're playing video games, sometimes the refresh rate or the or the frames per second will dip down to say 28, but sometimes it'll go higher, and you might need to go to like you know 120 or 118 or those kind of things. So by having that capability built into the TV. Your console gaming experience, and even if you hook up a uh, desktop system into it as well, will be greatly enhanced. However, most desktop video cards typically don't have HDMI out. They're relying on DisplayPort and those types of things, and televisions typically don't have those types of connections. Okay, You typically need to go to a gaming monitor that either has something like uh, Thunderbolt, which is a uh, high-end USB-C connection, DisplayPort, or those types of things. All right. Before you go,
0: because this has been so fucking informative i wish we could keep you here for do do everything but before you go what is a recommendation stuff that's out there right now for somebody who's like hey i just listened to this guy and i'm looking at going to buy something what would you just off the top of your head i mean
1: if you've got the room and you love audio and you want to go with a dedicated system getting a receiver with five speakers or seven speakers or the or doing the 11 speaker configuration with the sub Do it. Spend the money if you've got the right room for it and you've got the ability to do that. You will get the best audio experience, period, doing those kind of things. If you're on a little bit more of a budget or you want a cleaner look or those kind of things, there's fantastic soundbars out there. There's some great Atmos ones. So for movie lovers, if you're a movie lover, getting that surround sound experience and really putting yourself in that movie theater experience, there's some high-end Atmos soundbars out there that are just phenomenal. If you want just a really good soundbar, I mean... Samsung, Bose, Sonos, they all make phenomenal soundbars. Um, and you know what, heck, if you can't afford those little bit better soundbars, just even get something basic, it'll be vastly better than what's built into the television. I can buy the best TV on the market today, and even if I added a two or $300 soundbar, it'll sound that much better, right? For the TV, I mean, find the right size that fits your room and your, and your distance and the type of light coming in. And I would look at either high-end QLEDs or high-end OLEDs. Would be my recommendation. Delicious. I think, I think. I, I think. Th- I think. I think. I think. I think the QLED works better in more um, environments. But if you've got the right room, OLED looks fantastic too. All right. Yeah, we're going shopping, Rob. We're gonna go. Twenty twenty is the sure. year of, yeah. of the new TV. <laughs> now I'll give you.
0: Now, I, now all I can th- think of and here is like, "Ooh, what would it sound like now?"
1: You know, like I've. I've, I've Prior to this, I was just like, man, it's TV. Yeah, we will do. You know, you got to remember, too, the soundbar is not just to listen to the TVs and the movies. Right. It has Bluetooth built into it. You know, if if you've got uh, you know, if you've got a smart TV, you probably have Spotify built into it. You can just run Spotify through Spotify Connect on your phone directly to the TV boom out through the soundbar. There's a ton of different ways. A lot of them have Alexa and Google Home built into them. Like, you know, you know, uh, so you've got that assistance and things like that built into it, which is pretty cool, too
2: because people don't take into account and just on yeah. that point is that we consume movies and film as much with our ears or maybe even more sometimes than mm-hmm. our eyes and people that tend to ignore that portion of it are missing a whole lot of what's happening in the
1: in You're the missing movies. a whole like a whole dimension of the movie. Like movies there's three dimensions to them. There's the picture you see, there's the sound you hear, and then there's that vibration you feel that helps to elicit that better emotional response when you're watching certain types of movies, thrillers, suspense movies they're better when you've got that base that, and that's when you jump and that's when you're, you've are you got tears coming out of your eyes and you're yeah. just immersive, you're there.
2: And that's why if you don't like those type of movies, you always turn
1: the volume down because you, <laughs> yeah. you try to eliminate that yeah.
2: feeling. Yeah, <laughs> totally, that makes perfect sense. Or you put the lights back on. <laughs>
0: yes. We were we were talking off, uh, off cast before about your girlfriend and future wife's new endeavor. I want you to talk about that before you go. Just give everybody out there because me and Michelle might be partnering up for a new sponsor on the show, so if you can just give a quick once-over
1: about about uh, Woolsey Kombucha, yeah, please, yeah, yeah. Tell yeah. I mean, um, this is kind of this is her. This has been her passion for the last uh, almost four years now. Uh, we're a local company, w- woman-owned and operated. Uh, kombucha is a fermented tea. We uh, we take a green black tea typically and we ferment it fully for 21 to 30 days. Not all kombucha makers do this. At the end of that uh, process, it's full of probiotics and healthy organic acids. So it's gonna help with digestion, helps to improve that gut microflora. And, uh, you know, there's 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 a there's a lot of there's a there's a lot of strong science out there showing that good gut health is a good thing. And anything with probiotics is going to help that fermented foods. And this is a fermented food. It also becomes a great alternative to you know pop and to alcohol and you know just becomes another drink option out there when you know maybe you're sick of uh, sparkling water or just water or you know just plain old tea or whatever it is right yeah we were we've been drinking it
0: the entire show we've been mentioning it. i yeah. just wanted you to get that out there so that people know uh, we're local you she's local, support, shop lo- shop shop local shop local buy local do it yourself
1: and when you buy days. a tv and audio shop local as well. (laughs) You know, I know, I know it's easy to order off Amazon and Amazon's got everything there, but you know, just remember, I mean, you know, and that's the other thing too. When you, when you go to buy a TV, you need to actually go look at it. And when you buy a sound bar, you buy an audio system, you need to audition it, not even hear it. You need to audition it. So if you're going to go down and buy speakers, don't just show up with and go, Hey, play whatever. No, have some music kind of in your mind, picked out on what you want to hear. And make sure it's a song that you know what it's supposed to sound like. Maybe you love the Eagles and Hotel California is your jam. And trust me, most sales guys are going to use that as a as a reference song anyway because everybody knows it. <laughs> That's the reference. I've, okay. sold, I've sold a lot of speakers with <laughs> Hotel California. But the whole point I'm trying to get at here is you you know you listening to a type of music that you really like, you'll be able to really determine which sound bar sounds the best for your scenario. Because you got to remember, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna use it a lot for TV and movies, but you're probably gonna listen to music on it a third of the time. Yeah. Totally. I yeah. is there
2: a more local choice for now that you mention it, for, I don't, yeah, we like don't have any allegiances to anyone, so yeah. we can pump so, anybody's yeah. I mean, tires
1: here. I mean, I mean the the big nationals, the uh, big national retailers that everyone's gonna, you know, that most people typically the Costco's. Go, and it's the it, Best it's, Buys it's Costco and Best Buy, right? Yeah. I mean, that's where most people are gonna, you know, think of for a TV. You know, Visions is another is a is a is a, is a company that's across Canada, but they're a local Canadian company. But for local retailers that you know um, sell TVs and stuff like that, you know, advanced Electronics. Brian Reimer Audio or, you know, two local Winnipeg companies, you know, they've been around for 40 and 60 years, um, you know, so there are lots of experience you know pricing that's you know going to be just as good as going to costco or best buy but you're going to get a sales guy that you know has been doing this for decades or for years and just knows the industry and is going to give you an experience that's you know unbelievable and someone and to go sh- back to you can't go back to somebody at costco right you just go well back to a not a, definitely not at costco i mean best buy you might be able to find that you know 18 year old pimply kid and he might be able to answer a few <laughs> questions for you and things like that but i mean i mean ultimately you know you're 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 you know, you, you wouldn't go just buy a car from anybody. Yeah. Some people do. Yeah. I like to buy a car from a person that I actually resonate with and I can call and, you know, kind of feel it's like a relationship. It's a relationship. And I think buying electronics is very similar. I mean, next to buying a house and a car, you know, a, a, your next biggest purchase is either a home theater system or a set of appliances. So pick a salesperson that you trust and, you know, is going to give you great service and, that, and those kind of things. That's a some- Wise wisdom, wise, wisdom. What, what, wise words of wisdom, <laughs> wise words of wisdom from Rob Strachan.
0: All right, well, this is, dude, this has been an education, more, more than, more than entertaining. So I feel hard.
1: like we didn't. We, I feel like we're just scraping the surface. Well, we can do. We might we, have to we, do a three part series. We I think it, we might yeah. have to do a deep dive on, <laughs> we, we on can come certain back to areas yeah. and stuff.
0: I just, I, I definitely am glad we got the the bare bones and the basics of it out there for everybody because mm-hmm. when we thought of this, I was like, this is, this is one of those sidebar things to what this show is about, where it's like, it's not only about arguing movies, it's about enjoying movies. It's about mm-hmm. watching movies. It's, totally. It, it's the full immersive experience you're, you're talking about. So, um, for everybody who's just tuning into the show for the first time, um, you can check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, uh, Instagram and Twitter are at real debaters. Uh, the real debaters podcast is the Facebook uh, title for the page. If you want to email us for a show idea, it's the real debaters at gmail.com that's r e e l for the spelling of all of this uh we love to hear from you if you like i said if you got an idea for a show if you've got a critique if you want to come on the show and you think you got something to say in your local we're more than welcome to have you um i've been michael petro mark Cowell, and i'm rob strachan and we're out